0: This is the Holland & Assets podcast where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome everybody, welcome to episode number 71 of the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig and he
1: is... Chris. Chris. Same today. guy. You, can't, I, you haven't got rid of me yet.
0: I am excited for today's episode because it's something about letting me be offensive,
1: <laughs> right? Oh yeah, yeah, you read that slightly like, slightly wrong. <laughs> uh, the, so today's episode is about going on the offensive... Uh, we'll, we'll see what I can do. It's right in your realm. The offensive... Being offensive is uh, right down your alley. That's what I do, yeah. Chris. Okay.
0: Uh, all right. But before we get to that, let's uh, go through a little bit of housekeeping and, and see what's going on lately in the world of Holland Assets. So I will remind everybody, go to HollandAssetsLLC.com and go check out past episodes and full show notes, um, especially on the episodes when we do financials. It's great to be able to see all of the, uh, the documentation that goes along with what we're talking about. Uh, So please go check that out. You can also comment on the episodes and have us address your questions and comments, which you can also do if you find us on Facebook. Please uh, find Holland Assets on Facebook. There's no G in Holland Assets. No G. And uh, you can interact with uh, with Chris, especially there. So, Chris, how are things going with the the company?
1: Overall, they're going well. Although last week was a crazy week. Why then? Well, so we we've got the second truck on the road. Oh, okay. Um, well, so you found another driver. Though. Got another driver, Vinny, and he's been awesome so far, especially considering what what's happened in on his. Well, his first load went pretty smooth. It was leaving from Salt Lake, going to um, Alabama, okay, and 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 getting there was was fairly smooth. But uh, the South last week had one of the uh-huh. coldest. Yeah. Spells of weather and um, snow and ice that it has had in generations. Right, and he ended up getting stuck in Mississippi with roads shut down for like two days. Mississippi in Mississippi, can you believe that? Wow. But yeah, the, I, I was watching the temperature and the, the highs in in Mississippi, just outside of Jackson, were in the twenties. You know, like low twenties, mm-hmm. like crazy. Which for that in area. certain
0: part of, parts of the country, that's no problem because yeah, they've he, got the infrastructure for it. But right. uh, And that sucks because he's, he's right there. He's yeah. in Mississippi. Yeah. He's almost to Alabama. Uh, well, he,
1: the, 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 he, he dropped the Alabama load off. Oh, was he picking was picking up another back. load okay. coming back. And that's when that's when the trouble started. Well, well, So yeah, he ended up sitting for really three full days. And then <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, not really funny, but kind of funny. Um, the day he gets going again, Um, he, he got going and then he pulled into a truck stop in, it was just outside of Memphis and he was, um, just doing his 30 minute break, stopped in a parking lot. And when he tried to just start going again, the truck was stuck. Oh no. Yeah. So he, he couldn't move it, couldn't move it anywhere. And, uh, we looked into getting a record to come pull him out. Well, this was at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and the record wouldn't be able to be there till maybe nine o'clock at night. Hmm. So uh, poor Vinny got out of a, a screwdriver and chiseled himself a path oh. in the ice <laughs> so that he could uh, get the truck rolling. You know what? I, I like that. I, I, I like that about he, Vinny. He sounds like a go getter. He is a go getter. He, uh, you know, it's kind of that he, uh, that owner op mentality. We're going to make this work one way or another. <laughs> and also, <laughs> so the can, poor I just, guy. can I
0: just point out that there was never a better name for a trucker than Vinny? That's a good name. It, it is a really Mac, good name. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, yeah, so, go on.
1: So, yeah, he uh, he spent uh, way too long that afternoon in cold weather um, chiseling with a screwdriver to get, uh, get get enough traction. Usually there's tricks to, to you know kind of handle that kind of thing. You kitty litter or ice melt or you know, throw some sand down in front of the tires will the truck stop at that whole area just out of everything you know yeah, yeah because they at this point they've been you know everybody's been stranded in that area for days and um so the normal remedies that we, you would use to get yourself out of a pinch like that just weren't available
0: amazing uh well Go Vinny. I'm glad he got out eventually, and yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully everything is uh, going okay for people listening from those southern states. We hope you're all right. Hope you you weathered that storm as well as possible. Because uh, yeah, that sounds like it was brutal. Yeah, I've, yeah. It, I've got a brother-in-law down there who had to leave his apartment, go sleep in the local church building uh, where they had some generators and heat and all that. So
1: yeah, it was pretty bad. You saw. I mean, Texas was just. You see lots of pictures out of Texas of. You know, broken pipes and yep. and all kinds of frozen everything, and just was def- definitely was not good. Yeah. Well, any other uh, stories you want to update us with? Um, you want to go over another rookie mistake? It's, a, my, it's been a long time since my we've had a kind. Chris rookie mistake. <laughs> uh,
0: Chris being an idiot. Uh, okay, so how are you an idiot this time, uh, Chris?
1: Uh, so the the green truck. So the truck that I drove for the the year that I was out on the road. Um, Mike's in it, and he was driving. And he hit, I think it was Oklahoma, he hit and got in just some really cold weather and like a freezing rain type situation. Mm-hmm. And the, the the defroster wasn't keeping up with keeping the windshield clear of ice. And so the the um, windshield starts filling up with ice and can't get it to, to defrost or anything like that. And so, you know, he's kind of struggling, you know, trying to get down the road, trying to keep the windshield clear of ice and... Um, the blower just wasn't blowing any air, like maybe a smidgen of it. And, and he just plain couldn't keep, uh, couldn't keep the the windshield de-iced. So we, we try a bunch of things, finally end up getting him a, you know, you go into a truck stop and you can buy a fan that will plug into the cigarette lighter and gets one of those. And that, and that helps and makes it so it's manageable and he can get out, um, but anyway, so he gets back to Utah, and I have the mechanic go out. We'd, we'd ordered a blower, figured the blower was bad. Um, you want to know all that it was? What was it? Uh, the filters were clogged. <laughs> 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 that's it, so, that's so, it. So a, a literally a 30-second repair. I mean, nice. it's literally uh, unlatch a, a plastic thing, throw it in there. And, or pull you pull the filters out, put new ones in, and it's done. That's amazing. And and Mike's all like, "Man, it's so hot in here now. It's working too well. I gotta I gotta turn the <laughs> gotta the, turn the heat the the heater off all the time." That's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh way to go, Chris. So now I know there is also just like in your home, there's a filter on a truck that you've got to got to keep clean.
0: I I have made that mistake in my home before. Wait a little too long, and suddenly you're not
1: getting anything. Yeah, it causes problems. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So all it, right. Doesn't a truck too. So <laughs> I'm going I'm to post a, vi- I'll post a video on Facebook in the next couple of days so people can laugh at me. Uh, Bobby, the, the mechanic, our mechanic had, uh, he, he, he sent me a, Chris, you're a two-year-old kindergarten <laughs> dummy, you know, Barney <laughs> style for me, showed me how to uh, change the filter in a video. So I'll post that onto, nice. onto Facebook so you can, <laughs> everybody can have a little bit of a laugh at Chris's expense.
0: That'll be fantastic. Um, well, Chris, shall we get offensive?
1: Let's get a let's get offensive. Yeah. Okay, so
0: <laughs> tell me what you mean. Uh, give give me the, the, the elevator pitch for this title. Uh, we're talking about going on the offensive. What does that mean?
1: Um, being proactive would okay. probably be the, the quick way to that, explain what I'm talking about. So
0: that was a, a one floor elevator. Yeah, that was very that was fast, wasn't it? Yeah, you you <laughs> asked for it. I gave it to you. I exceeded your expectations. There you go. Okay, yeah. so now give me give me the real pitch.
1: All right, so let's we'll just kind of go into. I like, give a little backstory, kind of how I. Why I decided to do this topic, and this topic actually just kind of came out pretty quick. So, uh, as as I've mentioned many times before, I'm in the National Guard, and I had drill this weekend. And um, this is my second month stepping into a a new role. So, as kind of part of me getting into this new role, I, I typically meet with my team and do what's called an initial counseling. And to get rid of or to get ready for this initial counseling, I, I kind of prepare and work on two documents. One of them is called my OER support form that basically sets the goals that I want to accomplish over the next year or so. And then the other one, it, it just kind of outlines my expectations and creates some action items that will help my team achieve the goals that we're, we're all doing. and And together, these two items kind of help create a path forward for the entire group so that we're kind of all marching towards that same goal. And as I'm going through this process, it kind of gets me thinking about two things. One using your brain and then two operating on the offensive. So when I'm going through this process and in the role that I'm in right now is it's a staff position. So this is the guys that do a lot of the planning and it's not my favorite thing to do in the military. Um, But whenever I do an initial counseling for a staff position, there's a quote that I like to use from John Steinbeck. He says, the purpose of fighting is to win. There's no possible victory in, in defense the sword is more important than the shield and skill is more important than either. The final weapon is the brain. All else is supplemental. So that quote kind of touches on those two topics, using your brain and that there's no victory in defense, which implies obviously that that really where you need to focus your time and your energy is in offense, which um, I completely agree with. Okay. So to kind of continue to lead into this, I want to talk a little bit about competitive advantages and competition and, and I want to use an, an example you you know what my favorite cars are right
0: well i I think I've got a pretty good idea it's that Tesla is that parked that's that Tesla house.
1: yeah the my my little model three is is the favorite car I've ever had and you know Tesla if you if you think about competitive advantages Tesla has you know in in especially in the electric car industry the biggest competitive advantage and it's something that's very specific that you can see their batteries especially when they first started out their competition i think the the longest range on a battery was 80 miles and and they started out with cars that had 250 almost 300 mile range they're up to you know over 400 now at this point so their competitive advantage was you know these high performance cars with battery and electric engines that just blew the competition away so the competitive advantage is really easy to, you know, kind of point to a couple things that really, really sets them apart. Well, in the trucking industry, the competitive advantages are are much more subtle. Um, trucking companies all have pretty much the same access to the same kind of vehicles. You know, everybody kind of has their choice. They can buy a Peterbilt. They can buy a Kenworth. They can buy a Freightliner, an International. You know, everybody kind of has that same access to, to vehicles, um, you know, Larger companies are going to have some economies of scale when it comes to cost savings on maintenance and fuel expenses, but then you've got the smaller guys that, um, are going to have lower overhead. And I think for the most part, those kind of really, um, cancel each other out. So finding those competitive advantages in the trucking industry is, is a little bit harder and in my opinion, what I see as the difference between companies that are successful and those that are not really boils down to two things. Those successful guys are companies that work smarter and they work on the offense. And so that's really kind of what I want to talk a little bit more about today.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like um, in, in a, at least a perfect world, uh, any sport that you might watch, they get the same number of guys on the field, they play by the same rules, whatever, but oftentimes it comes down to who wants it more. Uh, you know, who's got their head and their heart in the game more, yep. that sort of thing, right?
1: Absolutely. And the, the, the guys that are, are smarter on the field and, and probably to a great extent in, in sports, the guys who have spent more time and dedication preparing for game time are the ones that are going to win. And there's, there's a lot of similarities with that in business as well. So, you know, let's talk first about that, the brain, I say this to to my guys in the military all the time and it's the same in the business your most important tool is your brain it's not your truck in the trucking industry it's really your brain and it's one of those things that you need to use effectively and and it's like any other body part it's something that the more you use it the better off you're going to get with it you know like a muscle you exercise it it's going to get stronger your brain as you exercise and use it you're going to get you're going to get smarter. You're going to learn how to solve problems, learn new skills, um, you need, and you need to focus on that kind of thing. You know, The, the use new skills is, is important. You need to learn how to be you know, an accountant. You need to learn how to make good load decisions based off of your know, rates per mile and how long the truck's going to be tied up on a specific load. Um, you need to learn how to market yourself. You need to learn how to market your company, learn how to work well with other people. And, and really you know figuring out what makes other people tick so that you can solve problems for them and, and help them out and and as you use your brain to kind of figure those things out and you focus on using your brain to to really do that kind of stuff your your chances of success are are greater and that's really one of the things that differentiates you know successful trucking companies to those that aren't are, are you know people in in the organization who really exercise that brain.
0: Yeah. Uh, boy, Chris, you're really uh, giving ownership a hard sell here. <laughs> Just uh, think about all these things you'll have to learn
1: how to do. If it was easy, everybody do it. You know, that's, <laughs> there you that's, go. you, you've got you've to be willing to do the things that other people won't to be successful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's using your brain makes a lot of sense to me. Do you want to talk about what it means to go on the offensive then? Because uh, yeah. you, you've talked about around this a little bit and uh, being proactive, taking initiative, but what does that actually look like in practical terms?
1: So I think most people, um, I I find in in the business world, try to take too much of a defensive approach, um, and when you do that, you're letting other people or other things affect what you do, and then you're just really in reaction mode, right? You're reacting to everything happening around you instead of you're know, really taking the bull by the horns and and doing things yourself. So. The way the way that I kind of look at it is, is a defensive business strategy are reactionary and involve kind of a wait and see approach. You're observing what your competitors are doing, and then you respond. An offensive business strategy involves taking proactive and a lot of times really kind of a an aggressive approach or aggressive action on things, and you're you're trying to stay ahead of the game, right? You're you're looking into the future um, and, and doing things. So I've kind of gotten a list of things that I want to compare a defensive strategy to an offensive strategy and talk a little bit about that.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. I like this idea of actually running through a few things on
1: a list. So you, you take, for example, you know, if you're the kind of trucking company that is just waiting for a load on a load board, that's a, that's more what I would consider a defensive strategy.
0: It's re- reactive, like you're, you're saying. Yep, yeah. you're
1: reacting to okay, a load popped up. You're not. You're waiting for something to happen. Whereas on the offensive side is you going out and developing relationships with shippers, and um, you know you finding loads instead okay. of just waiting for something to, for lack of a better term, and this oversimplifies it, of, of just following falling in your lap.
0: And it's with an example like that, it's. Uh, it's not just about getting the load. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. But even if you, uh, you're you waiting around for a day for something to show up on the load board, and instead you spend that day building relationships, and you don't end up getting a direct load, you know, something does pop, pop up on the board later and you get it. Well, you just spent a day cultivating some relationships. Absolutely. And so it's not... Um, it's hardly a day wasted.
1: You've planted some seeds. Oftentimes when you plant those seeds, you don't know. It's like you plant them and leave them and, and you don't know if something's going to come. But you, if you plant enough seeds, eventually something's going to take and it's it's going to happen. So you should never, you never get discouraged, mm-hmm. you know, when, um, when you're, you're doing that kind of work, because eventually if you're doing it well, um, you'll, you'll see the fruit of your labor.
0: Okay, so what else you got on your list?
1: Um, another thing that I see all the time is, and and, and there, a couple of these things that I want to talk about have to do with kind of vehicle maintenance and and, and repairs. But I see way too often guys that wait too long to, um, for, replacing a tire on a trailer or on a tractor, and and I've and I've made this mistake myself. So you you wait too long, you, you want to get as much as you possibly can out of that that tire. And so instead of just replacing it, you go out on the road and it blows on the road. Then you're all of a sudden dealing with, okay, I got to find a place to get it taken taken Mm -hmm. care of. It's probably going to cost me more because I'm doing it out on the road rather than kind of with somebody that I've got an established relationship with. So I I think in a lot of situations, just, you know, for convenience, for um, avoiding the possibility of delivering a load late and everything, you're, you're probably a little bit better off again, being proactive and replacing tires before they're threadbare
0: right it's uh and as the guy who's driving the tiny little car behind you i can tell you it's not a lot of fun when that tire blows (laughs) no it's not
1: you you don't want to get one of those gators in the road and and run over it it's not fun um all right what else so again along the lines with maintenance um it's really easy you know if if your truck is supposed to get serviced every forty thousand miles it's really easy to to stretch that out too far and say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I, I got to take this other load. I know it's, it's due right now, but I can't come home yet. Or I, I, I don't have time to get it serviced. And so all of a sudden that 40,000 stretches into 50 and then, you know, you, you, the next time it comes due, you're like, well, 50,000 was fine last time. I'll do 50,000 again. And all of a sudden you're stretching out that maintenance cycle mm-hmm. more than it should, which, you know, in the long run is going to eventually kept catch up to you. And, Um, rather than just, you know, kind of sticking to your, that that's the defensive side. The offensive side is really just religiously sticking to that maintenance schedule, especially if you're, if you're planning on keeping that truck long-term, which, you know, in in most situations, even when you buy a brand new truck, um, I'm, I'm going to argue that you're better off of taking really good care of it. You know, you've taken good care of it. And then instead of lasting you, you know, five years, you can stretch it out and make it last six years. And that, that one year of extra time on a truck is is going to pay off in the long run financially?
0: Yeah, no doubt. Any others?
1: Yeah, I got a, I've got a couple. Oh, more. Oh, you've got oh, this, that's right. This I is have a whole list. Of them. Yeah, um, fueling is is a big one. So a defensive strategy would just be I'm going to th- fuel when I run out or get low. Mm-hmm. Versus an offensive strategy would be good fuel planning. And we've talked a little bit about fuel planning in in prior episodes, but you know being Um, really conscious about it is oftentimes going to be the difference between, you know, I'm running out here, I've got to fuel up now, I'm in an area where it's 20 cents a gallon more than if I could have gone another, if I would have if I would have fueled 100 100 miles before this this location.
0: What you were talking about before with fuel cards and loyalty programs and and that sort of thing, right? Like where you can make your dollar stretch a lot further if you just plan it out a little more. Yep.
1: Okay. Anything else? Um, money. Let's talk a little bit about money. Let's so, do it, Chris. Uh, your my favorite. favorite subject. Yep. Not having a plan for your money. You know that defensive thing of, of just um, you know not being disciplined about saving, um, not having a, a, a rainy day fund, um, and that that's the defensive side. We're being on the offensive side if if you consciously are deliberate with your money, you save it. Um, that that's going to make it so that you have money either when an emergency comes along or even better, you've got money when an opportunity comes along. And that's really, you you hear a lot about people talking about, you know, luck is really just being prepared when an opportunity comes along and that's, that's really what it is. And if you've got money and an an opportunity comes along, you can jump on that. And it's, it's really not luck. It's just, it's you being prepared.
0: Yeah. I like that. This is, this is beautiful. Actually, just, Concrete examples of of things you can do, and in fact, I think we're going to talk about savings a little more at the end of the episode. Uh, but that's that's great. Um, back on the repairs side, I was thinking of another thing that you've talked about, and that's having a mechanic, yep. not just going to whatever mechanic, Whoever. yeah, uh, but having somebody you trust, right?
1: Exactly. And so, just going willy nilly to any any mechanic, that's again, that's defensive. That's you're reacting. You're you're solving a problem that just all of a sudden happens rather than you're going out, making a relationship, finding a mechanic that you know you can trust, that you use regularly, that's going to take good care of you, is not going to overcharge you. You know, an off- offensive strategy is having that proactive relationship with that mechanic that, uh, that can, that can help you out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, good. I, like, like I said, I love having actual concrete advice. You know, a lot of times we, we spend time talking about things in the abstract, but, uh,
1: go check out your tires. How are they doing?
0: You know, there's really good, uh, some, some concrete tips for people. So
1: I know there, there was like six or seven tips, but with, in reality, there's a lot more things that you Mm -hmm. can do. And this is, you know, the thing that I would do at this point is kind of challenge some of our listeners to go out and use your brain and think of more offensive strategies. What can you do proactively for your business today to help it be successful you know, what changes can you make? What things can you do to have a competitive advantage over your competition? Every business is a little bit different and you really need to use your brain, exercise your brain, think about it, put some effort into that and, um, you know, find a way to be proactive and and bring success to you rather than waiting for it to happen.
0: Waiting for it to come. I'm going to add to that challenge, Chris. I want people to not only think of ways that they can do that, but I would like them to share those as well. So find us on Facebook, hollandassetsllc.com. And let's do a little, uh, it could be confessional time. What's the thing (laughs) that you need to do that you know is kind of, you need to be more on the offensive with, Um, and I, I think this would be a great topic to revisit with, um, some listener input if we can get some. Absolutely. That'd be great. So yeah, let us know the thing that either the thing that you know, you need to do better and that you're going to work on, or the thing that you feel like right now is a strong point for you. I'd like to hear those as well. Um, as far as this uh, proactive attitude that Chris is talking about,
1: that would be great.
0: Okay. So Chris, I want an impact tip. And I already know, I got a little preview
1: of what this is. Like I said, it's about uh, saving money, right? Yep. Establishing an emergency fund so that you've you've got to establish an emergency fund. Um, And this is just basically um, having some money saved aside. And we've, we talk about this a a decent amount throughout the stretch of the podcast, but just having a a good emergency fund for when the inevitable happens, you're going to have things that pop up and, it's a, it's a big difference if you've got the money versus not having it. You know, it reduces your stress. There's all kinds of benefits to just having some money saved up.
0: But the difference today is that you've actually got a number. We've talked a lot about saving and having an emergency fund, but you've got a number in mind for how much people should have.
1: Yep. I, I think a minimum for if you're a one truck owner operator, you should have at least $10,000 um, saved up for your okay. first truck as an emergency fund, at least 10000 um, if it's in if it's a if it's an older truck and and you know the engine's gonna go out in the next year or two at some point then you might want to have a little bit more than that um, but I, I think at least a minimum of ten thousand bucks
0: okay and so is that that's ten thousand per truck if you've got a five truck
1: fleet or 10 trucks or whatever i don't know as you get bigger and you kind of scale um, the, the likelihood or the chances that you know say you've got five trucks that even two trucks in your fleet go out at the same time and need a major repair done. It becomes lower and lower. So you may want to say, okay, I want 10,000 for maybe those first two trucks. And, but then truck three, four, and five, I just need an extra 5,000. So, you know, if you're, you know, for two truck, one truck, you might want to have 10,000, two trucks, you might want to have 20,000. But then when you get up to five trucks, you may say, okay, uh, just 35,000 is enough because that like I said, you just—it's less likely that you're going to have a, a catastrophic catastrophic failure on multiple vehicles at the same time. So, you know, something like that's usually yeah. pretty safe.
0: And it's nice to have a, a specific number to to work toward to know. To have a goal, right? Yeah. So instead of just saying I'm going to save money, it's like saying I'm going to lose weight, right? You got to set a target <laughs> weight, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you remember, we I think we've talked about goals and and SMART, the acronym SMART. You remember that?
0: I remember the acronym. I don't remember what it stands let's see,
1: for. Let's see if I can remember off the <laughs> off the top of my head. So goals need to be they need to be specific, measurable. So mm-hmm. ten, you know, I, I need to save money. Specific, measurable, ten thousand dollars, achievable. R and T, um, realistic, and you need to, they need to have a time component. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm not just going to save ten thousand dollars over the next ten years. I want to have ten thousand dollars a year from now within you know, that, twelve that, that months. Would, yeah, yeah, that okay. would be your smart goal.
0: Well done, Chris. Yeah. Look uh, at that. So I did have one question in my mind with this. Okay, so we've got our emergency fund. It's ten thousand dollars, but the the topic you brought up before, as far as going on the offensive. Was that saving money so you can jump on an opportunity right let 's say i 've got my my emergency fund and then something comes up uh, not an emergency it 's an opportunity. Am I dipping into this emergency fund
1: that's a uh, th- that 's something i 'd have to look at on a case by case basis ideally no ideally, you want to have another pot of money that is your um, opportunity opportunity fund, opportunity fund. Yeah. yeah so you've got your emergency fund and you've got your opportunity fund um but i'm an entrepreneur i, I i'd probably have a, a hard time resisting a temptation <laughs> if i saw something that i felt like was a yeah a solid opportunity um and i had to ju- d- dive into my emergency fund to, to jump on it i I'd be a liar if I'd say I wouldn't be tempted and possibly cave into that temptation.
0: It's not just saving money, Chris. You love spending money, too.
1: Yeah, on the right things.
0: <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, good. I uh, hope that was helpful. It's a great impact tip. I, like I said, I love the concrete examples. So I want to hear other people's examples of ways that they're going to be going on the offensive, being proactive. So visit us on Facebook. Visit us at HollandAssetsLLC.com and uh, shoot your examples our way and uh, like i said this is a topic i would love to revisit so chris anything else for today or are we calling it good i think that's good all right thanks for listening everybody we will see you next time
1: see you next episode